comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Well, we'll be looking at who are you. Ask your neighbor, who are you? Yeah, the question, who are you, is a question that deals with our identity. It's, it's at the core and the heart of your life, your very existence. Who you are defines everything about you. And it's very important that we define ourselves properly. A lot of people define themselves by their background in the natural, by their background academically, by their background socially, by their social status and all. But for you as a child of God, if there is a place where you can define yourself or find your, your true identity or your true self, it's in Christ. Somebody says it's in Christ. If you don't know who you are in Christ, you have not started living yet. That is the foundation. I told you that is the ABC of our faith. Who we are is like myself. When you go to school, the first thing you need to know about yourself, it's yourself. And the Bible says they came to Jesus. Matthew 16 verse 13 to 17. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ. Somebody say, you are the Christ? The son of a living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Praise God. We establish that your identity will always be shaped by three things. Your identity will be shaped by three things. One is your view of yourself. Somebody say my view of myself. And your view of yourself sometimes comes as a result of where you were raised, the atmosphere, the background, and all of those things can shape your view of yourself. Sometimes the view of yourself can be gotten from your academic background. Your view of yourself can come from your social standing. Your view of yourself can come from the place you live. All of these are places where people use and they look at themselves. And your view of yourself needs to be right. Somebody say, my view of myself needs to be right. Number of people went to spy out the land of Cana and God had told them, I'm going to give you this land. I'm with you. I'm going to give you this land. They went there and they saw themselves as grasshoppers. And as grasshoppers, they could not inhabit the land. Because the land was designed for human beings, not grasshoppers. And so God can give you a land that is flowing with milk and honey. A land that is a blessed land. But if you don't see yourself well, you will lose it. None of us will lose our heritage. I said none of us will lose our heritage. So the first one is your view of yourself. That is your personal view of yourself. The second one is other people's view of you. Jesus asked them, who do men say that I am? 
And people can be different in their views of you based on what they know of you, how they see you, your weaknesses and your strength. They can use it to judge you. Just like I walked you through Thomas Edison and then with Disney and then I think uh, Albert Einstein last week, I walked you through how some people gave them some verdict about them. And the verdict that human beings gave about them ended up as null and void because those verdicts were not of God. God knew them, God wired them, and God placed great intelligence and great wisdom in them. But they looked at Albert Einstein at age four and they said he had a mental disorder. The man with mental disorder gave us the equation that has changed the universe. The man with mental disorder rose up to impart his generation more than many others who were never diagnosed as such. Praise God. So other people's view of you must not form the basis of your identity. There is one view of you that is critical and is very important. And at all times, you want to remind yourself of that view. And that is God's view of you. Somebody say God's view of you. Say God's view of you. Say God's view of me. You need to know what God thinks of you. You need to know how God sees you. You need to know how God views you. And I told you that if there is one lens through which God sees you, that lens is called Christ. Somebody say Christ. God views you not from your family background. God views you not through your accents. God views you through the lens of Christ that is in Christ. That's what the Bible says. If any man be in Christ. Somebody say if any man be in Christ. Yeah. Where you are in Christ, God sees you differently. If you are outside Christ, there's a way God sees you. And it's important that we get to understand how God sees us. A number of us are in Christ, but we are still seeing ourselves the way we used to see ourselves when we're in Christ. Sometimes we can even pray as though we were outside Christ. Praise God. Praying for acceptance is wrong. God has already accepted you. In Christ, you were accepted long before. Praise God. Praying to be loved by God is wrong prayer. You are already loved. Praise God. You just have to understand it and become rooted in it. That's important. And I told you that it's important that you get to understand the love of God because it's stronger than your love for God. A lot of us base our relationship with God on our love for him instead of his love for us. The Bible says, when we deny him, he cannot deny himself. He abided faithful. I'm not communicating. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His faithfulness never comes to an end. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Am I saying don't love God? Love God. But love God in response to his love for you. Praise God. When you begin to love God in response to his love for you, you enjoy your relationship with God. But when you begin to measure your relationship, the quality of your relationship with God, the quality of your stand with God, based on your love for him, you will fail many times. Praise God. And as long as that remains your measuring stick, Satan will continue to knock you down. You shall not be knocked down again. I said you shall not be knocked down again. Now, we are looking at eight reasons why you need to know who you are. Eight reasons why. I'll just walk you through them quickly. The first one is that who you are affects your relationship with God. How you see your relationship with God is a function of who you are. The Bible said the wicked flee at where no man pursued, but the righteous is as bold as a lion. He said God is angry with the wicked every day. He didn't say God is angry with the children every day. Praise God. 
So if you are born again, God is not angry with you. There are a lot of us who relate to God as if he's carrying a stick and he's waiting for you to do the, wrong, the next wrong thing to hammer you. That is the wrong picture of God. Praise God. If you want to see a true picture of God, look at the story of the prodigal son. That is exactly how he is. Praise God. God is ever waiting for you, no matter how far you go. That's why the person you need to run to all the time is God. At any point in time, if there is any safe place to run to, is God. When you falter, that is the best time to go to God. Praise God. The prodigal son said, I will go and become a servant. God said, once you are a child, you are forever a child. Praise God. Said, this my son was there. When he was coming, he said, I want to be made one of the servants. He had lost his identity because he was defining his identity by the things he did. Praise God. And that's one of the greatest challenges we have. When we define ourselves by what we do. That's not what defines us. What defines us is who we are in Christ. Because God does not look at you by what you do. He looks at you by the finished work of Christ on the cross. What Christ did is already credited to your account. So whatever you are doing, if you are not doing it, being cognizant of what Christ has done, you are already off. Hear me and hear me very well. The only thing that merits acceptance with God is whatever is in Christ. Every other thing is dead works. Dead works has to do with everything that is not rooted on the finished works of Christ. So it affects your relationship with God. It affects your relationship. There are people who fear God. And I'm not talking about reverential fear of God. You have to love God and respect God and honor God. But don't fear God as if he's a tyrant ready to kill you. Praise God. The Bible says in John chapter 3 verse 16, he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He said, for he that believeth on him is not condemned. Did you see that? Go to verse 17. Yeah. For God sent his son not to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. Verse 18. 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned. Somebody said, there's no condemnation for me. Have you believed in him? Have you accepted him? Then there is no condemnation for you. That's why Romans says, there is no, therefore now no condemnation for them who are in Christ Jesus. How did you get to be in Christ? When you believe in Christ, you were translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his son. So by your faith in Christ, your position has changed. You are no longer in the world. You are in Christ. And in Christ, God sees you as without condemnation. And you need to see yourself like that. When you begin to view yourself like that, Satan cannot condemn you. Praise God. Some of us live under perpetual guilt and condemnation for art that God has already forgiven and is not counting against you. Praise God. So our relationship, somebody our relationship, it affects your relationship with God. You can never enjoy your relationship with God until you begin to view yourself the way God views you in Christ. You cannot. You cannot. You always be feeling like you don't measure up. You always be feeling like you are not pleasing God enough. Have you heard people pray that kind of prayer? All the time they pray, Lord, help me to please you. Listen, if it is uh, his help, you need to please you. That help was long offered. Somebody said that help was long offered. Now, God knew that if you even kill yourself, you could not please him. So he sacrificed himself. The only thing that could please him, many years ago, they offered sacrifices of booze. And for all of those sacrifices, God was never pleased. 
And then he decided, I'm going to make a one-time sacrifice. And that sacrifice will bring perpetual pleasure to my heart. And anybody who would trust in that sacrifice, I'm going to look at that person and say the person is accepted. So everybody who comes through Christ is accepted. Regardless of wherever they are standing, regardless of whatever they have done, it doesn't matter at all with God. Can somebody say an amen? That's critical. Number two is affect your relationship with yourself. Your identity affects your relationship with yourself. There are many people who go through life feeling unloved, feeling unaccepted, feeling unwanted, feeling they have all kinds of feelings about them. They hold themselves to high standards they can meet, set high exams for them, and then they mark themselves down, and at the end of the day, they feel depressed. No, you don't have to live life like that. God is pleased with you. Somebody say, God is pleased with me. The Bible said, God commended, Romans chapter 5, they said, God commended his love toward us while we were yet sinners. And I was asking in the first service, if God commended his love, Pastor Ray, when you were a sinner, while you were a sinner, you didn't think of anything righteous, you didn't think of doing anything, and he commended his love toward you while you were a sinner. Now you are born again. Is the love redrawn? Is the love redrawn now? If at the time you didn't have regard for his son, whom he sacrificed on the cross for you, he loved you anyway. Now, having embraced him, that's what Ephesians talks about, that you may be able to comprehend the depth, the breadth, and the height, and the width of the love of God that passes all understanding. If there is a time where you are going to be ushered into that dimension of love, it's now that you have been born again. I'm not communicating here. So, if God loves sinners, how much more those who have trusted Christ and made him their Lord and Savior. His love for them is even greater and higher. Praise God. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am loved. You need to know that. You are loved. God is not against you. God is for you. Praise God. When you understand that you are loved, you respond to the love of God. Everything you do is a response to the love of God. You are not doing it to win his love. There are a lot of people who think that they are pleasing God, but they are just walking in self-righteousness, performance Christianity. So they feel that they are loved when they do the right thing. They feel that when they do the wrong thing, God withdraws his love. A lot of Christians actually think like that. Yeah. So if he feels righteous, he feels like coming to God's presence. Everything has been subjected to your feeling. Go and read your Bible again. We've been justified by faith. When you have no intention to give up your sin, he loved you. When you have no intention at all, to give up your sin, he loved you. Now, having washed you and made you his own, is it now that he's going to love you less? Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm loved. Say, I am loved. Yeah, you are loved. And understanding that you have been bought shapes your mentality. It makes you, it gives you a sense of worth and value. Your self-esteem can never go down when you understand that a priceless price was paid for your redemption. He said, we have not been redeemed by corruptible things such as silver or gold, but by his own blood, his own blood, blood without blemish. That's why he said we are bought with a price. Nobody buys a Tico for $100 million. Nobody buys a, what do you call it, a bicycle for 10,000 Ghana City. What kind of bicycle is that? But if you are looking for Mercedes, you can pay very hard. If you are looking for one of those cars, S5, you pay very hard. If you are looking for any of these nice cars, you have to pay very hard. 
So if so much was paid for you, then you must understand that you are of value. Somebody say I'm of value. Yeah, don't allow people to let you feel like how can we be amount to anything to God? We are of value to God. We are very dear to God. God paid a heavy price for us and we matter to God. Somebody say I matter to God. Yeah. Where you know you matter to God, it shapes your life, it shapes your mindset, it shapes your philosophy about life. That is number two. Number three, number three, it affects your relationship with others. It affects your relationship with others. Let me tell you something. When you feel that you have to do so much to be accepted by people, okay, you always expect others to do so much to accept them. Have you seen that? Yeah. You always, your standard is so high, nobody meets it. Some of us, we are having relational problems because our standards are so high. Meanwhile, God didn't give you any high standards. He said, believe and you are saved. But you've given so much high standard. People who hold high standards on themselves usually bring the same standards. You have to fulfill this. You have to fulfill this. You have to fulfill this. But I like it when the Bible said, by the law shall no man be justified. By the law. All the laws. By the law. Because if you break one, you are broken all. That's how impossible it was for any man to maintain the law. Praise God. By the law shall no man be justified. For it is evident the just shall live by faith. Faith in what? Faith in the finished work of Christ. So how you relate with yourself will always reflect on your relationship with others. When you love yourself, you learn to love others. That's what Jesus said. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. When you don't have good self-love, you'll be over-demanding love from others people who cannot be satisfied with love is because they don't love themselves enough so they find their love from other people but when two people who love themselves they meet it's a give and give affair are you hearing what I'm saying? you give and give but you have nothing to give nothing in my hands I bring simply to the cross I clean. <laughs> that's how you come because you have nothing to offer praise God number four affect your behavior affect your behavior when you know who you are your choices are affected because who you are influences what you do. Yeah. If you're a white man, you eat salad. I'm not communicating here. Yeah, you like salad. If you're a black man, fufu and banku, those things are good for you. <laughs> so they can serve all kinds of meats. It's a buffet. All kinds of assorted meats are there. But the one you choose is a function of who you are because that's what you have a taste for. Kenneth Boer, he says, we cannot consistently behave in ways that are different from what we believe about ourselves. You cannot. What you believe about yourself will always reflect in the way you behave. Number five, affect your relationship with the devil. Somebody say your relationship with the devil. Say your relationship with the devil. You see, a lot of us, we allow Satan to take dominance and control us and beat us when it has to do with family affairs. Somebody say family affairs. You see, in our family, Satan has no place in our family. Praise God. You need to understand that. When it has to do between God and his children, Satan has no place. And if you don't understand it, Satan will deceive you. Satan, he will deceive you perpetually. Satan deceives a lot of people and keeps them in bondage because they don't know that the dynamics as a member of God's family is different. The dynamics as a member of God's family is different. Now that you are in Christ, he has no condemnation over you. Because the standard he would have used to measure you and condemn you, that standard is no longer there. Christ is the standard. And Christ met every requirement of the law. Praise God. 
So Satan cannot use anything at all against you. He has nothing virtually against you. He cannot hold you in bondage to your past or your sin, whether yesterday or today or some few minutes ago or even now, if you are thinking it, he can't hold it against you. Because the Bible says, having forgiven you all your trespasses and sins. I'm not communicating here. You need to understand it. Why will you allow Satan to torment you and trouble you and confess since you have done again and again, again and again? Meanwhile, your father, to whom you even sin against, he's not using it against you. If I came to steal your iPad, Evans, you look the other side, I'll pick your phone. And then you caught me later. And then you decided, oh, it's not necessary. And somebody is standing by and is worried about it. Must I be worried about that person? The one who has authority and the right to put me in prison says not guilty. You are acquitted. You are free. Then you are worried about what other people think. I think something must be wrong with you mentally. God that you offended, he says I've forgiven you before you even did it. You have been set free. Why should you allow Satan? That's what the Bible says. Stand fast in the liberty wherein Christ has made you free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Number six. Kalibo Shandadabaha. It affects your potentials and possibilities. It affects your potentials and possibilities. Somebody say my potentials and possibilities. When you know who you are in Christ, it affects your potentials and possibilities. Because you know who you are, there are things you would dare to do. When you don't believe that you can attain great heights in life, you will not even attempt yeah, you won't dream of greater things if you can't see yourself attaining them. No. So when you see who you are in Christ, that in Christ there are no limitations on your life. In Christ, you are more than a conqueror. In Christ, you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. The moment you begin to see yourself in this light, there is nothing you won't challenge. Whatever challenge or whatever opportunity comes your way, you jump at it. But there are things that will come your way. You will think that other people are better suited for it. You think that other people qualify. Like the 10 spies. They say we are not able. Because they were seeing themselves in themselves. But Joshua and Caleb said, if we see ourselves in God. He said, the Lord delight in us. God is interested in our case. He has made us more than conquerors. And with him on our side, we are more than conquerors. We will go, we will fight, and we will win. And that's how they won. What opportunities, what dreams are you letting them slip by? Because you look at yourself and you belittle yourself. I see you do great exploits. I see you attain great exploits. In the mighty name of Jesus. Gideon looked at himself and said, I'm poor, I'm from this family. Because he was not seeing himself, himself the way God was seeing him. God saw Gideon, a mighty man of valor. Gideon saw himself as a poor man. As a nobody. Until you see yourself the way God sees you. Though you have the potential, that potential can never be released. Number seven. It affects your response to situations, opportunities in life, and empowers you to deal with challenges better. Those who know who they are in Christ are better placed to deal with the challenges of life better than others. Yeah. They will always come on top. Like for instance, Romans says, Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Somebody say we are more than conquerors. You will not sit down and be weeping over any challenge. Why? Because you know, no matter the weight of the challenge, in all challenges, you are more than a conqueror. Somebody say, I'm more than a conqueror. Yeah. You are empowered to win. You are empowered to dominate. He said, little children, you are of God and have overcome the world. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I see you triumph. I see you walk in victory. I see you succeed. I see you fulfill your purpose in the name of Jesus. 
Finally, it releases you to serve God with joy and gratitude. You want to serve God with joy and gratitude. You have to discover who you are. I realize that in most of Paul's writings, when it comes to matters of identity, he always started with giving thanks, giving thanks, giving thanks. Because the more you see what God has done for you, the more grateful you become. Christians who you see them, they are not cheerful, they are not this, because they have given themselves impossible tasks. The measurement they have set is so high they can't meet it, so they can never be happy. But when you begin to see that God has perfected you before God, and he has made you accepted, you can only come before the throne of grace, night 24-7, at any point in time at all, you are always joyful. You are always joyful. That's what the Bible says. You look at it, Psalm 139, I will praise you. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows right well. When you know that God has made you wonderful, you will constantly praise him. Colossians 1 12, giving thanks unto the Father who had made us me to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints. I see you live your full life. I see you fulfill your identity in the name of Jesus. Satan will not knock you down again. You will walk in perpetual victory. No more will you walk in condemnation. No more will you walk in condemnation. No more will you live in guilt in the name of Jesus. Every day of your life, you are more than a conqueror. In the name of Jesus. Even in weakness, you are stronger than him. In the name of Jesus. So it shall be in your life. has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages, as well as books by Pastor Afuakwa, please call 540 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also visit our website www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services. Our first service, 6.45 a.m. to 8 a.m. Second service, 8.15 a.m. to 9.45 a.m. Third service, 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service with our first service, 5.45 p.m. to 7 p.m. Second service, 7.15 p.m. to 8.15 p.m. At our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santasi Runabout, Kumasi. God richly bless you.